Welcome. Uh, my name is Damian McCullers, the Carolina counselor, and beside me is my law partner, Josh Whitaker, the outlaw lawyer. Um, welcome, as we said. Uh, we are here to kind of have some fun and also talk about some issues, uh, hot topics that are out there. And uh, we're not here to give any specific political side or take sides. We're here to just specifically give you uh, the information as we have seen it uh, objectively uh, and let you make your own decisions about what's going on out there in the world. Yeah, I think that's important, Damien. We are going to be talking about, as, as Damien will tell you in a minute, we're going to be kind of talking about the pretrial uh, what's going on with the George Floyd case up in Minnesota. And of course, that's a socially charged uh, topic. But uh, as you've heard me say before, me and Damien are I like saying this now. <laughs> Old, grizzled, experienced, gray attorneys, and our firm has a lot of litigation experience, and it's fascinating to us to kind of look at it just as attorneys. Um, and um, but, but that's important. We're not taking sides. You'll hear us. We're going to take the position of both prosecution and defense here, what we would do as a law firm, what we would do as attorneys. But we're not we're not taking sides. Me and Damien probably have our own political. Well, everybody has their own political beliefs and their own sides. We're here just because it's interesting. Right. And I think it's it's important for folks to kind of get the get the facts. One of the things that we talked about, too, when we were just throwing around the idea of having a podcast was uh, kind of making sure that we we did not uh, do that. We did not charge anything for or tip the scale so to speak one way or the other uh, so we're here strictly for informational purposes strictly to kind of give it to you as we've seen it uh through our lens as attorneys and again from both sides um that being said uh we also talk about a lot of things as far as how words are important and and, and i think even with just stuff like we talk about here um, and one thing that you just brought up and one thing that I hear on the media uh, a lot of times um, is and, and I say this constantly and it's because to us, uh, even as attorneys, you know, even in a contract there's or in criminal law, shall and may can make the difference in a bunch of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it everything can hinge on one word. That being said, um, I think it's important that we kind of frame this caption in the right way um that this is the Derek chauvin murder trial mm-hmm. and not the george floyd case that's right for better or worse what's what's happened has happened and this is uh, a trial uh for for right now just a man who's been charged with with a with a heinous crime a crime that's gotten a lot of national media for obvious reasons but this is just a man and his defense attorney and and this is his Trial. It is his trial, um, and and that's that's not to disparage anyone, but just again, just from the strictly attorney piece of it, this is literally the state versus Derek Chauvin. It yeah. is not the George Floyd case, and I say that because again, certain sides would would look at it, or certain factions may look at it and say it's the George Floyd case, um, but again, just from different angles of it. Some folks may take that as um, it is, again, putting the victim on trial because his name is being associated with it Mm -hmm. as a trial. Um, And that's just organically, that's just not what it is. It's literally the Derek Chauvin murder trial. 
I'm I'm surprised, Damien, that we haven't gotten more media attention on the pre-trial events. Like, I'll hear, you know, we'll, you know, I, I try to read. I like newspapers. I like to hold yeah, things. We're, we're old. <laughs> so <laughs> paper so is, I, is I, important. I, I unfolded my newspaper every day this past couple of weeks, and I've been very surprised that it hadn't gotten more attention because there's a lot going on. So the one of the big things that have gone on, and this is not in like the past week, but there's there's been, what, you want to call it an upcharge? I mean, what would you call that? So, well, it, it, and again, this is a great segue into another thing. Josh and I are North Carolina licensed attorneys. Yeah, we should probably mention um, that. We are not licensed in Minnesota. That's right. So anything that we tell you would be from the perspective of our experience as attorneys in North Carolina, mm-hmm. not Minnesota. So Minnesota law could be different. Uh, we is don't different, know. Yeah. Um, we're not licensed there. We, we certainly are not saying that we're giving you advice as it relates to, or let me back up from that we are not giving you advice <laughs> we're giving you no advice at <laughs> we're all. giving no advice at all but we are just telling you our perspective as attorneys licensed in north carolina that being said um i don't know if there's been a superseding indictment or what would be the same thing as a superseding indictment but somehow some way there's been some mechanism in court where i believe the charges um have been for lack of a better term upgraded and i, I believe it's second degree yeah, and they have a they have a they have a I believe Minnesota ha, from what I've read as as like a third degree. They have some different charges than we do in North Carolina, but they've upgraded and so that gives I feel like it gives the prosecution I think the prosecution already had a lot of hurdles in this case um for what it was originally charged with, but now the intent, you know, the intent factor in the in the murder charge has been kicked up to second degree. Yeah, and and for our non-attorneys out there, and we'll kind of get into this a little, a little bit later on, but when Josh is talking about intent, what he's talking about is on one of the elements of a crime. So I, when I'm doing jury trials, I kind of, um, and I'm doing jury selection or I'm doing closings, I kind of talk with people about the elements of the case um, and the elements of the crime, and that would be listed in statute. Um, but you can kind of think of it as the ingredients for baking your cake. So, you know, you have to have your egg, your flour, your um, sugar, um, whatever, vanilla extract. Without one of them, your cake is incomplete. That's right. Um and you can't bake your cake as incomplete. So without one of these elements being proven, then that makes it very, very difficult for a prosecution. And, and there's some things on the uh, defense side that you, you got to get over too. I don't, don't want to make it seem like it's one-sided, uh, but that the burden of proof is on the prosecution. Yeah. And so the you know the prosecution the prosecutor's been named on this for a while. The, we know who the judge is going to be. They've been seating jurors, and that's been uh, that's been an interesting process to watch. Some have already been dismissed. And so here's the big thing here, Damien, is how in the world will a fair and and this is a good question for every case. And then there's some fundamental issues that we could talk about. But in this case, with so much media coverage, how how can you find a juror who can be fair? How can you have not taken a side or at least have a uh, – uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, have already thought about it to the point where you're close to a side. So that that's the fundamental question. Um, and uh, most lawyers or, or I would say a good portion of lawyers will tell you that trials are won and lost in voir dire. Yeah. Um, again, for our non-lawyers, voir dire is essentially just the jury selection process. Um, but – to answer your question, um, that is the toughest part to me of trial because 
you can go over your facts to a point where you remember them almost line by line. So basically when I go to trial, I'll have a trial notebook that I've prepared, but I've probably gone through my discovery and, right. and notes and, you know, reports and all of that so much that I rarely have to actually look at it because I've, I've studied it so <laughs> yeah. much that I know it. I can almost visualize it in my head and look at it. But what I don't know is the jurors mm-hmm. and voir dire is the only time that I have to talk to them, to learn about them, to know what makes them tick. Yeah. Um, so it it's, it's tough. Um, and I tell people a lot of times when they ask me about being a trial lawyer, um, you know, I tell them I'm one part janitor because I'm cleaning up messes a lot of time. Uh, I'm one part psychologist because mm-hmm. I've got to learn. I've got to learn enough about you as a juror in the two or three days that I get to talk to you um, to figure out whether or not one, you're going to be able to give my uh, client a fair shake, whether you're going to listen to the evidence, whether you're going to follow instructions of the judge, whether you're going to, um, you know, not apply the law as you would like it to be versus what it is. I mean, there's just a plethora of things that you have to be mindful of before you say, your honor, we're satisfied with juror sure. number six. All right. Um, well, so it's crazy. Well, put on top of that. So just, just, I don't know what time this, uh, we'll release this podcast, but from the date we're doing it about a week ago, uh, Minnesota announced a $27 million settlement with the Floyd family. Right. And uh, and there's some press. I don't know if this is true or not. That it's not really finally settled. They really just wanted to announce it before. Like they they wanted to announce it before the trial to uh, to assure the public that you know Mr. Floyd's family's been taken care of. And but they're doing all this during jury selection. And so uh, Mr. Chauvin's defense attorney went off on this in court. You know, like I don't know. I think it was the judge. Yeah, the, the yeah. Judge. The judge went and said. You guys are making it very hard. And after that, I believe the defense attorney made a motion to change venue, so to move the trial out of the, I guess, the city of Minneapolis to somewhere else in Minnesota. Sure. And the judge denied it, which shocked me because I was like, if ever there's been a, a, a motion that should be granted, I figure it's this one. But then yeah, he made the judge. Go ahead. No, I mean, but the judge made some good points. Um, and, and you know, from a prosecution side or a defense side. Um, what we all try to combat is a tainted jury pool. And when I say tainted jury pool, what I mean is you, you don't want people that have come in with their mind made up about it before they actually hear the facts and not only hear the facts, but they're told what the law is because the judge is going to be the one that instructs what the law is. Um, So that person may have an idea of what they think the law is, but the judge is the one that's going to actually give it to you to apply to those specific facts while i got you on this let me ask you what do you think what do you think about jurors who may just disregard the law and are afraid like do you think you think if the prosecution goes through and lays out their their case and the defense defends and at the end a a juror thinks the officer mr Chauvin, didn't do anything wrong do you think they're still going to be you think there's still going to be a motivation to convict him because they don't want any more they don't want because the city burned, you know, they, they don't want that to happen again. Do you think a juror would be motivated by that? That is because they're in that city. They are in that city. But I mean, that's going to be up to that. You individual would hope juror. Um, and that's why jury selection is so important. Yeah, because, you know, you, that is the only time that any of the lawyers get to talk to that individual juror to figure out 
again, what makes them tick. So, you know, for instance, um, just for example, if, if I'm defending a robbery case, um, one of the questions that we ask when we're doing voir dire is have you or anyone in your family or a close friend circle been affected by any crime? Right. Um, and certainly if you get someone that says, Oh yeah, I was a victim of a robbery two years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, and that's not to say that that person can't be fair and impartial to your client, but, but you gotta, yeah, but you, you gotta know uh, that, you know, if that person, they've was, got a preconceived, they've got a preconceived notion about what should happen to people just by virtue of being accused of robbery, <laughs> right. um, whether, you know, my client did it or not. Like, yeah. and you just, that's something that you got to know as the attorney. So that's one of the things that you're looking for to kind of figure out, Hey, is this person going to be able to uh, be fair and impartial to my client and the state? Is this person going to be able to listen to the evidence? Is this person going to be able to listen to the law that the judge gives? And are they going to be able to apply the law again as, as it is not as they think it should be. Right. Um, so those, those questions are really, really important. I think that's always tough for everybody, even attorneys, like what the law actually is, not what we think it should be, or we hope it should be, or, you know, well, cause, well, cause my, my fear is that a lot of people don't want what happened to Mr. Floyd to happen to anybody else. Absolutely. But I don't know once you get experts in there that are going to testify as to what these officers got trained to do and how they acted. I think we're going to find out that they weren't probably too outside what they were trained to do. And then where is that going to leave us? Cause, and that's the, that's the tough part. I don't know. I don't know what their training is. That, well, I true. don't know. I don't know specifically what, uh, I'm Mr. Sure. Chauvin was trained to do. Um, and this is kind of the part where, you know, we say we're not taking a side, but it, my personal opinion sure, is sure. nobody should lean on any human's neck for eight minutes and 46 that's right. seconds. That's right. That's that's how I feel about so, it. So we would hope that's not – I listened to – I don't remember who it was. I listened to a guy who said the defense will have an expert there who says that that is exactly what he was trained to do, and there's no advice one way or other on duration. But a reasonable person would think that that's – well, Excess, I mean, excessive. Probably. And again, I only have <laughs> I only have my media spun right information. I don't have any other information. All I have is what I have seen, whether it be reading it or seeing it. Right. And again, it's hard. I don't. To I don't know that any person for any reason outside of literally holding someone at gunpoint. But if a person is cuffed on the ground, um, that's. That is tough for me to say that a reasonable person would think that well, eight minutes and forty six well, seconds. It's one of the reasons this trial is going to be so fascinating because I think the defense will have expert that says this was within his training. You'll have a prosecution expert that says absolutely not. You'll have a you've got a defensive autopsy that says death was caused by whatever drugs or whatever, and you got a you got a prosecution that says absolutely caused by the pressure applied. Right. So you're gonna have different experts saying absolutely different things. Right. Which leads me back and I know <laughs> I sound like I'm beating a dead horse, but that is exactly why it is so important for prosecution and defense that jury selection goes well. And I have no I have no trust in the media what any media uh, whatsoever, and, and so I try to read four or five different things, watch four or five different things, and maybe then you can glean. Well, I think that's kind of important too, and, and, and 
again, we say this over and over again, but like, we're not here to steer you one way or the other. Um, and the old kind of adage between lawyers is there's always three sides to every story. Right. There's this side, that side, and then somewhere in the middle is yeah. the truth. Right. Um, but you know, that's, that's kind of the way it goes. So this trial itself is going to be so fascinating and it's also going to be very fascinating how it gets covered because it certainly won't get covered as reasonably as I think we just talked about it, sure. you know, but, uh, but anyway, that's going to be coming up. The media hasn't paid a lot of attention to it so far, but pretty shortly it'll be all anybody's talking about. Yeah. I think the more we get to, and I mean, that's just kind of what sales I think is, you know, pre-trial voir dire is not exciting. It's nah. not the sexy thing to nah. talk about. Uh-uh. Um, but once evidence starts and, and opening arguments and, you know, closing arguments, definitely. And jury instructions, uh, then, then that that will get the coverage that that probably we we feel like it needs. But nothing excites us like attorneys, like the whole trial. Right. Um, but but yeah, it's definitely something to, to keep out, uh, look out for, and and listen to, and and try to again glean your own opinion. Yeah. All right, Damien, that's been fun. We'll get together again and talk about this. I'm sure once or two more times before yeah, it's all said and done. All right. So long, folks. All right. We'll talk to you later.